What's up, my friends? It's Rick Mulready here. Listen, if you are feeling like you're struggling to keep up with all the AI opportunities, or maybe you're wondering how to even start leveraging AI in your business without all the headaches, the AIFI newsletter is designed with you in mind, my friend. Every week, I simplify AI for you, showing you how to apply it and integrate it into your business so that you can work less and profit more. As one of my readers put it, it's a must-have for any entrepreneur who wants to get more done in less time. And they said there's a lot of noise out there and your information is up-to-date, yet just feels more calm and more relatable. So I want to invite you to sign up for the AIFI newsletter. It's free. Just go to rickmulready.com forward slash newsletter. That's rickmulready.com forward slash newsletter. Andrea, can you tell us about ad budget? How much should I spend starting out? That's the question I get. I, I want to hear your take on this. It is like such a number one question and people are thinking about it in the wrong way. So they're thinking, how much should I spend? You really have to back it up into how much do I make with my sales? All right. Welcome to today's episode of the podcast here. Quajo. I know that you recently went to podcast movement. Mm-hmm. which is one of the biggest, I guess, one, I think it's the biggest, if I'm not mistaken, conference for podcasters. And and yes, y'all, we're going to be talking about Facebook ads today, but there's a natural progression with what we're talking about, natural connection with what we're talking about here and our guest, Andrea. But I'm always curious when people go to conferences, Quaja, like what was the biggest takeaway or a couple big takeaways for you from that conference? I think you cannot neglect YouTube and you cannot neglect having a video portion of your podcast. So many of the talks at the conference made it clear that the YouTube app is the most used app for listening to a podcast. And that even the fact that I just said listening to a podcast, that's kind of going away and people don't really care if it's audio only or video only. The stats are showing that people are consuming their podcasts in both. Audio still wins out, but video is catching up quick and not that far behind. Yeah, I think that's so. I think that's really interesting in that because you and I chatted about this uh, Mm -hmm. right after you got back from the conference. It's like you just click a button on YouTube and it's like call it a podcast, even if it's not a podcast, you can call it. And I wonder if they're taking those stats into it and saying, yeah, YouTube is the number one new podcast. But I don't know. It's just it's interesting. It's like how are they being able to say that with numbers to back it up? I don't know. It's just kind of like. They did a lot of interviews of people who, I guess, consume podcasts, and they went they went into it, Rick. Yeah. And uh, if I, I, yeah. I'm just going to zoom out and slide the chair back away from the screen and think about like how people are searching for podcasts anyway. Like, yes, inside of the podcast app or Apple Podcast app, and to some extent, Spotify, depending on the age range. But like, if you're Googling for podcasts related to whatever topic, what is Google going to suggest? And because, you know, it obviously has a vested interest in the YouTube platform. And so, like, as you know, those YouTube videos will show up at the top. And the product, the YouTube product, is it YouTube podcast product lead manager? um, The guy overall, the YouTube podcast direction was there and talking about, don't ask me to recite what he was talking about, but he was talking about and sharing YouTube's direction and vision and what they're going to come out with over the next year in the podcast world. And they're not casually thinking about being a podcast platform. They're coming after the other big platforms. Well, I I think that's, what's exciting, you know, because I've been talking about for what a year and a half on the podcast here about if you're doing a podcast, you've got to be doing video Mm -hmm. and putting it on YouTube. So you connected with our our today's guest at the conference, Andrea. And I've known Andrea for years, but you were able to connect with Andrea at the conference. Yeah, let's just call it a Providence or separate serendipity. Serendipity. (laughs) Serendipity. We were both at the same talk. And I think I just turned around and said hi to the lady in the cool blue frames. And um, (laughs) somehow it came out pretty quick that I knew you, Rick, and she knew you. And I was like, wow, can you be on the podcast? Because Andrea, you've been involved with Facebook ads. Since 2009, right? 
Yep, that's when I started my business, 2009. And back back in my day, uh, ads weren't even around yet. So, you know, we, it was all just kind of organic Facebook marketing that, and then I think it was, I think it was somewhere in 2000. No, it was before that. It was before that. But yeah, then the book, we wrote the book, Facebook Marketing All-in-One for Dummies, along with Amy Porterfield and Phyllis Kerr. That came out in 2011. And I think that's like really early days of ads. It was just one button and you just said, yep, boost this. And you had like two things to choose, like the age range and the, you know, it's like the, the, it was like nothing. There was nothing to choose there. And now it's just gotten so much more complicated. People call me an OG, Andrea. If I'm an OG, you are an OG squared. You are a true OG. <laughs> I like to imagine myself as wise, not old. <laughs> well, I didn't say I didn't say old anywhere because I, I feel you on that one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but I thought this would be a great interview episode to have both of you together speaking directly to what you see is working right now and what you believe, because we can't quite see through the crystal ball, but what you believe just would really help online course creators and coaches um, going forward and navigating this very interesting Facebook ad landscape. Mm -hmm. So, because obviously, Rick, before you made that pivot to help online course creators and online coaches Mm -hmm. uh, with the art of online business, remind some newer listeners what the podcast used to be called. Yeah, it used to be called the art of uh, art of paid traffic. Art of paid traffic, and you yeah. had for the longest period of time, right? A course teaching Facebook ad managers. Yeah, it was. Co- I'm just totally blanking right now on what it was <laughs> called. FB ad manager. I think FB. It, yeah, the f- Facebook ads was the focus up until I want to say twenty like four years ago, five years ago. No, 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 because my daughter will be five this. Yeah, like five years ago for sure. Yeah, and a lot has changed. Yeah. In that time when yeah. it comes to ads. Yeah. Well, I like the way you think about ads. And so I figured both of you with your experience would be wonderful to interview together. So Rick, you and me are going to interview Andrea or Andrea. Sorry. I keep saying because literally my nanny. So you want to know why I keep messing up your name? It's because <laughs> my nanny's name is, is Andrea, but I live in Mexico. And so we say Andrea and she yeah. was just here. Two days ago, like yeah, let's go with that. That sounds way it. fancier. I, I'm it does I, today sound I'm fancy. Andrea. <laughs> Andrea. Andrea. So, Rick, you had a very good question right before we hit record that you were going to ask Andrea about why, after all the crazy, you know, iOS privacy changes, why is she still in the game in the ads game? Yeah, I mean. You're Andrea, you're like us, we were joking, you're an OG. A lot has changed as as we all know over the years. And the, the the real big change I think came with iOS, privacy updates and stuff like that. You said something really interesting about because I was asking, why are you still in it? Yeah. You know? So what do yeah, you think? Yeah, and about? I was I was joking that question. I ask myself that question every day. No, but mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but it you know, I there was that period of time when they went to the iOS where everything was messed up. It was just a disaster. Tracking was a disaster. The pixel wasn't working right. Everything. And clients were upset and people, I have, my business kind of has a dual focus where I do have some clients that I've had for a long time and I run Facebook ad campaigns for people, Facebook and Instagram. But then I also have online courses and do the ads. I have a course for ads managers as well. So kind of spanning all of those, everyone was upset. Nothing's working. The clients aren't happy because, you know, they're not getting the results that they want or they were getting. The ad managers were having tough time because their clients were all upset and it was just kind of a mess. And I I literally was thinking, I got to get out of this. I got to, I got to get out of this. It's so, it was just disheartening. But then Facebook has gotten much better. The conversion API is working much better and the tracking in the back end. They were doing some more modeling that seems to be really accurate on the conversions and things like that. So it's gotten much better over the last six months to a year. And so that's been really nice to see. And so that's, you know, improved 
everyone's results and improved everyone's feelings. I mean, it's definitely been still a challenge with the the economic market that we're in right now. I think that is affecting things. So there's always something that, you know, some challenge that you're dealing with. But in the end, I think it's just so fun. You can just grow someone's business like crazy with ads where, you know, organic marketing can take so much longer. It's so much longer tail and it's fun to get like instant results where you can sell stuff right away. It's so exciting. I know that a lot of people listening right now are like, okay, you just said it yourself. Ads can allow you to grow your business really quickly. And they're like, just tell me how. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure that we do talk about that. I'd love to get your perspective Mm -hmm. on that. If I can just ask one follow-up question on what you just said. Mm -hmm. You, you mentioned the, the conversion API. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that that solves the tracking problem, but that's not necessarily the case. How do you describe the conversion API to people? Yeah, it is really still like, there's still like, tracking is never going to be perfect. It really isn't because it depends on so many things. Are you doing first touch or last touch? Are you, you know, how are you even doing the attribution for a sale or a lead or something like that. But the conversion API is giving you kind of more of the backend stats, matching that up as best they can with someone who is purchased or opted in. It's just never going to be perfect because there's always going to be some missed conversions. Maybe there's double counting in there due to several things. So it helps, but ultimately the only way you would get totally perfect tracking would be to have your own separate funnel just for that channel. So that would be the only way you would have perfect, perfect tracking. And even then probably there's going to be some different glitches in in the numbers that you get. But that is the sole biggest problem that everyone has is attribution and tracking for what channel is really giving you the conversions and the best return on your investment. Two ladies just finished their Facebook ads set up to success calls with me. And if you have a similar challenge to them, then this kind of call might be for you. It's one-on-one, three calls with me over the course of 28 days, and you will have run a successful Facebook ads campaign during our time together. And the one-on-one coaching also happens with unlimited Voxer access to me in between those calls. And I have two spots left for June. So the first lady, she was boosting posts from Instagram (laughs) and she needed me to show her how to do the about the same thing inside of Facebook ads. And I showed her how to do it with better targeting so she can reach the kind of people that she wants with more control for her business. The second lady had a program revamp and she was looking to run lead magnet ads to her new pro or to her new lead magnet so that she could sell people into the program. So we looked at a number of lead magnets that she had and decided the best one for ads and then looked at some data that helped us understand how we would best run ads to that lead magnet. I helped her get her ad account set up and in shaped and brainstorm. And we also took a look at her landing page to decide which landing page style would convert. And these are the kinds of things that I do during these Facebook ads set up to success calls for you. If you need go to the art of online business.com forward slash call, or click on that same link down in the show notes below so that you can run your own Facebook ads successfully without having to hire an ad manager. I will show you everything I know to get your ads up and running. Well, not everything, sorry. I should say I will show you everything that's necessary so that I'm not overwhelming you, but so that you can get good results just like I can. I coach you step by step. You get to leverage in less than a month lots of the things that took me longer than three years to learn. Hope this finds you well. Chat soon. One more time, 
Andrea, for the listeners that didn't quite hear. Did you just say they really have to have their own separate Facebook ads file? I mean, that would be the way to perfectly track it, but I'm not advocating for that. You know, it's not always necessarily right for someone's business, but that would be the perfect way to track it. Would either of you care to elaborate on what that would mean if somebody were to want to track their ad performance and set up this Facebook ads funnel? I don't think it needs to be that difficult. I'll share how I I would think about it, Andrew. I'd love to hear. And and Kwaja, you do this as well with your clients and your coaching. You got your funnel, wherever the funnel is, if it's in whatever software that you're using, just duplicate the funnel because you've got one funnel that for most people, all traffic is going into that funnel, right? Their Instagram, TikTok, you know, Facebook ads, whatever. Just duplicate the funnel and change the URL, put like a hyphen FB or something, and you send people to that funnel. And it's very easy to duplicate a funnel in any of the tools that are out there now. So that becomes your Facebook slash Instagram ads specific funnel. Would you uh, agree? Yeah, for sure. That's that's it. That's that's the only thing that's different about it is just it's a whole separate. It's just the same as what you're doing with your other landing page or whatever it is, except it's just dedicated. And that's the only thing that's getting sent there is Facebook ads traffic. Now, like the question, I've only done that for a few, a few of my clients have, have done that more specifically, but for the most part, most people are happy with a kind of more general approach. Like we're going to track the numbers on the pixel and the conversion API and kind of assume that they're pretty close, right? And maybe do a couple of spot checks. Maybe we've got some UTM data that's being pushed in there and maybe some better tracking software like Hyros or you know any of those types of software that does a little bit more intense tracking. But if you really did say, I need to know so that I am absolutely sure that Facebook ads are giving me a positive ROI, then you would duplicate the funnel and and have just a dedicated space to send that traffic. Well, there we go. So I'm going to take this section of the video and uh, make a screen recording of it later on and just share it with clients because I, I have gotten a little bit of pushback from certain clients before they will go unnamed saying they didn't want to create a Facebook ad specific funnel. They just mm-hmm. wanted to have me manage it inside of ad manager. We use Google analytics to track leads. Right. Can I share a admit something right now? We're recording this on September 11th and Quajo, you're going to do a face palm here. Uh-oh. Granted, I was out on sabbatical for four months, but I have not upgraded to GA4 on my, oh, no! on my website. <laughs> <laughs> For everybody who's not upgraded to, to Google Analytics 4, shame on you. Shame on me. That, that passed, what was it, in July or something? Yeah. Yeah. Go to, talk to my talk website. To <laughs> I literally have a free tutorial. It's not behind an email address and the name. It's just sitting there on my website. Q-U-A-Y-J-O dot com slash G-A-4. You can go there. If you don't have a Google Analytics account set up, I show you how to do it. If you do, but somehow you still had Universal Analytics, what came before G-A-4, it will show you how to upgrade to Google Analytics for. So there you go. I'll add that to the list. Yeah, please. Can take care of that. <laughs> so I have a question. This one was going to be a little later in the podcast, but I really wanted to ask both of you, what's your hot take on all of these recommendations that like the listener is seeing inside of Facebook Ad Manager when they go in there to set up a campaign? There's so many options and Facebook's telling you now, oh, you should combine your ad sets to this and you should change your creative to that. And it seems like it's just, for me, what seems like a minefield of suggestions from from Facebook. What, 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 what are your takes on those? Yeah. So the problem is Facebook isn't always giving you the best advice. They're giving you, most of the time, they're giving you the advice that's good for them, right? Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, occasionally it can work, but the big thing is you know, a lot of times they're advising you to combine audiences, go really broad and put all your photos in one ad and, uh, you know, just let them do all the decision-making. And I think that is the way that Facebook's going, Google's going. It is really becoming a little more focused on their machine learning, their AI tools that they have going on. And I think eventually it's going to really be good for a lot of advertisers, but for people who are 
new and you're new to this realm, it is beneficial to really do some more systematic testing and know what works for you because Facebook's giving you kind of generic advice and sometimes that's not going to work for your type of business, for what your goals are, and it also can pay to do this testing so that you are maximizing and controlling those results yourself. Because I've definitely seen Facebook's doing overspending on the wrong audience, the wrong image, all that, all that stuff. And they're not even giving the other ads or audiences a chance. Like they'll spend, you know, 10 cents on an, on an image. And how do they know that that image isn't going to, you know, outperform the one that they've given most of the budget to. So for people starting out, I think it makes much more sense to have a systematic test plan that you're going to follow. So you learn more about what audiences and ad images work better for you. And then you can create more like that and just continue to get better results, especially when your pixel is new and it hasn't had a lot of activity yet. It helps to be able to do some of that testing yourself. A lot of people listening, Andrea, they're either running ads and not getting quite the results that they want, or they've tried ads and they didn't get the results that they want. On a recent episode here, Quage and I talked about some of the, like the top 10 questions that people tend to have when it comes to ads. And you just, and we talked about this on that episode, but you just mentioned like systematic mm -hmm. testing and Quajo shared his methodology. What is your methodology when it comes to testing? Yeah. So I like to start with the audiences because that a lot of times is one of the bigger levers and just really kind of take a look at what assets you have and what kind of people you want to reach and put together a few groups of possible tests. And that could be, it could be interest. Facebook has taken away a lot of interest. And I will say wide targeting is working pretty well in a lot of cases. So I think don't always go super narrow, but you know, think about going wider if you can. It doesn't always work for local audiences. But put together a few different audience possibilities and then make sure you've got enough variety in your creative, like different images is huge. Maybe a video. I've definitely been seeing the uh, vertical video reels working really well. More video ads are working, can be working better than images. In some cases, some cases uh, images are still outperforming. So come up with a lot of different variety of creatives to test as well. And I don't go as like, I don't do as much on the on the copy, but definitely that can make a huge difference too. I think the bigger places to start are the audiences and the the images. And then if you've got a good copy and strong copy in general, that, that can be good, but it might be good to test some longer short form. I'm definitely seeing long form copy work really well. So yeah. So that's just like kind of thinking about it from a hierarchical standpoint on all the different things that you're gonna you're going to hit and that also could be different lead magnets or a different like a lead form versus a you know sending people to the website landing page some of that could come into play too i think this is a perfect example because quajo your <laughs> your testing is different you lead with mm -hmm. the copy and so i think this is a perfect and neither one right. is wrong it all works I think this is another example where I think this is what a lot of people find frustrating yeah. because it's like, tell me the one, th one way to do it. And there's no one way to do it because it all, it all works. Like Andrew, you're talking about leading with creative, right? And I, I tend to lean more towards that, but Quajo has a ton of, gets amazing results testing with copy first and then moving towards the creative and this is one of those things where it all works <laughs> i used to share this analogy it's a weight loss analogy but it sums up the frustration you know like you want to shed a few pounds so that you can get in shape so that we can gain it all back in the upcoming holiday season and you go to <laughs> google and you google how to lose weight and you see the response from the paleo crowd and you see the response from the intermittent fasting gurus who are like just eat less or in between whatever hours and then you see like the folks who say just eat only meat 
and you see the ones who say eat only vegetables and they all look like gods and goddesses straight out of like <laughs> straight from like you know greek sculpted statues and you're just left there wondering what do i do to get results yeah. it feels a bit like that right now doesn't it the big thing that we have in common here is test more than one thing because so many people yeah. so many people are like yeah i tried ads it didn't work i'm like well show me what you tested and they they tested like one maybe two things and like yep spent 20 bucks <laughs> so i know the listener is probably wondering andrea can you tell us about budget ad budget how much should i spend starting out that's the question i get i, I want to hear your take on this it is like such a number one question and people are thinking about it in the wrong way so they're thinking how much should i spend you really have to back it up into how much do i make with my sales mm -hmm. and what is my conversion rates if i know them now a lot of people if they're new they don't know their conversion rates right so maybe you start out with what's the price point of my product and then you make some calculated assumptions using general conversion rates around what's the conversion rate from you know a list to the sale what's the conversion rate from cold to a lead you know so you're you're kind of using some of those more generic conversion rates to, to make some assumptions. So what you can spend is going to be very different for a $99 product versus a $2,000 product. And it's also going to depend a little bit on what your niche is, your niche, your <laughs> niche. Um, <laughs> we, we use both. Right? I know. Both, both yeah, are used know, here on the podcast. I I, I, and right <laughs> before I always say it, I'm like, which one is going to come out of my mouth? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just responded to your post on Instagram, Andrea, saying that niche has lots of E's in it and a silent N at the beginning, or silent K at the beginning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it does depend a little bit on that because, you know, someone in the, I'm going to teach your business how to make money is going to be a different conversion rate than someone who is in, you know, weight loss or someone who is in like, you know, or selling a car even. So you really have to kind of do a little bit more calculation on what you can afford to spend, what is your marketing budget overall, and kind of approach it from a more holistic standpoint. Because the hard thing is, if you're just starting out, sometimes things don't convert right away for you. And it's all about building the business for that later conversion. So obviously you want to be ROI positive as much as possible, you know, but sometimes there's a little bit of an investment in your business and you have to think about, okay, if I'm launching a course, for example, I'm going to launch a course and hopefully my conversions will be around this. If I have this many people on my list, this many people come to the webinar, this many people see the pitch and then buy. And then, you know that in a month, you're gonna have another product that maybe they're gonna to want to buy, or maybe you have a downsell, or maybe you have something else, or maybe you have another launch where they buy at that time. So there is a little bit longer tail to some of this investment you're making up front, and you kind of have to think bigger picture oftentimes. It's not about what can I spend this week on my ads. It's like, can my business bear a $5 per lead cost? if my product price or eventual product price or my customer lifetime value is this. Well said. Anything you want to add to that, Rick? Yeah, I think <laughs> there's a, uh, by the way, just to, I have, there's no affiliation whatsoever, but I came across this podcast app called Snipped, S-N-I-P-D, and it's an AI-based podcast app. And as you're listening, if you hear like something that Andrea just said, you can click the little button on the on your phone and it'll capture that clip and transcribe it and it'll save it for you as a note. The reason I bring that up is because, Andrea, what you just said is gold, yet so often people don't want to play the long game. They wanna know, just tell me how much to spend and I want, I want results in the next 14 days. And if I don't get it, these don't work. Exactly. You know? But you mentioned so many great things there about it's the number one, it's a long game. Number two, you have to know what your numbers are. And I will tell you right now, I have a I have a one-on-one -on -one coaching client later this week, and I'm going through some of the questions that he's posed. He's running a, an evergreen funnel based on the back end of his uh, top of funnel stuff. I want to know what his 
what his stats are because it's the number one revenue producer in their business. I have a hunch that doesn't know what those numbers are. And this is a very successful business. And so if you don't know what those numbers are to what Andrea is talking about, you all try to figure out what those conversion stats are so that just exactly what Andrea just said back into being able to answer, oh, okay, well, how about I start spending X amount of dollars based on these other numbers. Yeah. And, and the hard thing is that answer I just gave is not what people want to hear, right? They want to, they want to know, wait, yeah. no, wait, I just asked how much can I spend per day? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so what I usually tell people when they're saying, what can I spend per day, per day is if you're just starting out, start with something small, like that you can afford to invest in your business. So that could be $20 a day for 14 days. $50 a day for 14 days. See how the leads costs go, you know, t start tracking all this stuff and then get that data on the back end of it to say, okay, we got a hundred leads. We had five sales, you know, let's do the math on all of that and then scale it up from there. I think some people hear this whole like Facebook's an ATM or whatever it's, and they're like, go big or go home. Let's spend $5,000. Well, you know, you don't know how you convert on the back end of that, you know, if you're launching something new. So start slow and plan for future launches. It's not launches are never one and done. Agreed. In fact, I would say Facebook probably does not treat you nice if you just throw a bunch of money at it. That's a surefire way to lose unless you're taking a measured response or a measured approach like you just said. I got a question for both of you that's okay. Lead form ads versus sending people to a website to opt in. Which do you feel is better right now? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely seeing lead form ads be a lot, a lot less expensive. They just are. They've always been a lot, a lot less expensive. I think that if you can figure out some really good ways to use a lead form ad for your business, I think it's a good idea. It does in general give you lower quality leads, but you know, that could couple into quantity versus quality. But I do think that Facebook is really, and has always, but now more so than ever, wanting to keep people on their platform. So lead form ads, sometimes you get a little notification saying, you're leaving Facebook. Are you sure you want to do this? You know, and people get nervous with that kind of thing. So if you've got a lead form ad, it pops up. You can do some creative things with lead form ads. I think for sure you want to make sure that you've got higher intent ads on. So they have to double submit that they're submitting their information. That's going to improve the quality of your leads. And then the other thing too would be maybe to have a little more information that you might be asking for. Maybe it's something that they do have to type in or answer some question. And that can give you a little bit higher lead quality as well. But yeah, it's it's always a balance. So I have a client right now that we've been doing lead form and website conversion ads for long years. We've been running them side by side. And we've seen some ebbs and flows with which one is outperforming the other. Because if you're sending them to a website, you can give them more information. You've got a little bit longer format there. You get to add in like bios and all kinds of other stuff that makes it feel a little more trustworthy. And so they, you know, submit their information. It's a little bit, a little bit higher intent with that as well. But we've had some good wins with the lead form ads recently where we're getting pretty high quality leads with that at one fifth of the cost of what, what we're getting with the website conversion ads. So, you know, there is that balance of like quality versus quantity and, and you just have to track it. Are you measuring all the way through to a sale? We're tracking all the way through to a booked client and we're seeing which ones are giving us the, the lowest cost. So when you are running both of them, are you running them both simultaneously? Or are you sort of like, you know, like sort of piggybacking, like, all right, I'm gonna run lead ads for this time and then I'm gonna, you know, how are you running those? Yeah, we are. I mean, there's people, there's lots of schools of thoughts around that too. Uh, and, you know, in general, I would probably say if you could run them more consecutively versus concurrently, that's a better test. But we are running them consecutively and we're actually running them to the same audiences, which is probably, again, I mean, but 
it's all about getting at the end of the day, who cares if you're getting the kind of cost per conversion to the sale that you want? It's a lot of times about like, let's just build up the spend. And if we're still hitting the numbers we need to hit, then why not? What's really interesting about that too. And I asked that question because because I know that you do, Andrea, but most people running their own ads don't do this so that when they say, oh, I'm getting this great cost per lead, but yet we don't even know yeah. what that translates into, you know, paying customers. With, right. And I don't know anything about the funnel that you're running, but what I think is interesting since you are tracking all the way through is, you know, what it costs to acquire a, I'm assuming a sales call mm-hmm. and then front mm-hmm. like the conversion rate on the sales call. And then it's like, okay. It costs me, I'm just going to make this up, $150 to acquire a new coaching client. I'm, again, I don't mm-hmm. know anything about the funnel, but it's like, that's the type of number that we need to know in order to like, all right, cool. I'm paying whatever, even like just making this up $20 a lead. Some people would say, oh my God, it's so high, but wait, I'm paying $20 a lead. And that, you know, it, the, the value of that customer is X. Exactly. And that's why you have to know your numbers and really track all the way through if you can. And it is, it's hard to set up. It takes a while to set up. And it, that kind of, that level of tracking may not be right to start for everybody. Cause I think people get overwhelmed. They're like, oh my God, now I've got to set up this entire tracking thing. And what it's not really, you don't have to do that. What you have to do is just dip your toe in the water, start start doing a little bit, start making sure that you're booking clients from this and then scale. This client was spending $100,000 a month on ads. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're not starting at that point, yeah. right? You're starting much lower and you're scaling up. And this is after years and years of scaling. So the other benefit to uh, that I think a lot of people forget about and we're talking about tracking and all that stuff today, but when we are using lead ads, they're staying on Facebook. So it's much easier to, you know, it's much easier to trust the tracking in that sense from a lead ads perspective, because they're not leaving the platform. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely the tracking is dead on. So it's, yeah, that is the benefit too. Kwaja, are you using lead ads and when you're managing ads for your clients? Yep. And if you ask which one is working better, it really differs from account to account. Yeah, it is. That is true. That is true. Because, you know, that definitely I've, I've seen that as well. And there's some kind of fun, creative things you can do with lead ads that people don't think about is that, you know, people think of them as leads only, but I've used them for sales. So that way, you're getting some follow-up information. So we've done it for like a dance studio that had a, a special deal, like a $99 deal on some a package. And so what they would do is say, sign up for a $99 package. They would for, fill out the lead form. Now they can go back and try and book that client in. So there's some advantages to that too, where you now have something tangible. It's not just they're bouncing off the sales page and leaving and you don't really have, you could do retargeting ads, but you know, that you have something more tangible to mm. follow up with. So wait, just to, are you selling right within the lead ad? Basically. Yeah. You're saying sign up for this $99 package and they put their name and email in and they can go right. Then we do a redirect to the page to actually buy oh, the, gotcha. okay. Buy it. Yeah. So the redirect after the after they fill out the form is go to our website and then, then they can actually like buy it. Yeah. If they don't buy it, then the follow-up sequence starts with giving them a call, email, that kind of thing. Hey, book your book your session. We're booking now. And again, that's easier to retarget because we're not losing any data to privacy. It's all within right. Facebook. So we can right. retarget those people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Since both of you touched on the importance of a funnel, I literally just pulled a screenshot from a client's account. Their name is removed. And uh, this is a plug, by the way, for the YouTube channel, The Art of Online Business. If you're not following it, go there because you can see some basic tracking that would help you for your funnel. Because both Rick and Andrea were talking about not just spending ad spend at the top of the funnel, but knowing how much your leads cost and then how much sales you're getting from that funnel. And so I thought I would just share a screenshot. Ultra simple way. If you go to the YouTube channel, you can see it now. 
I'll describe it to you if you're just listening, but it has ad spend for a row, then leads for the next row, then cost per lead for the following row, then total revenue generated from that funnel. Again, you only know if you separate your organic and your paid traffic, and then the earnings per lead, and then a simple equation. If you subtract the cost per lead from the earnings per lead, then you're left with hopefully what is a positive number. Anything you guys want to add before I take this? Yeah, you know I'm going to ask why is why is this person not spending more money? <laughs> yeah. With a yeah. so I'm just looking at one. The cost per lead is thirteen dollars and eighty one cents. So we'll just round up to fourteen dollars. Their earnings per lead is basically fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next one I see twenty dollars cost per lead, earnings per lead seventy nine dollars. Why is this person not spending? Is this the same person that I think it is, Guajo? <laughs> No, it's not. Actually, it might okay. be a bit self-condemning. This is a cli- another client of mine. So why okay. am I not spending more money? I yeah, why to- are you not spending more money on this? <laughs> I wanted to be confident that I had the right mix of ads. This person does have three different ads that are yielding the lower like $9.32 cost per lead that you see now. And so we have started sc- scaling up by about 15% a day. I tend to be a little more conservative for clients and I don't want to scale up too quick before I really know that I have a set of ads to go with that's going to work out. Yeah. And that's, that's just such a great, simple way to, to do your tracking because I mean, it just makes so much sense. It's just like right there in black and white. You can be like, Hey, Facebook is an ATM. (laughs) It is for lucky few. It is. Yeah. In that, in that sort of example, it is kind of tracking the old way. You know, we make fewer changes. We go week by week. And then you can attribute, oh, this one week I was testing one ad set. This next week it was a different audience. And you can thus see what's affecting performance that way. You said something really key there, Cuejo. You said we don't make a ton of changes or we make fewer changes. I think that's a huge mistake that people make is they're they're watching it like, you know, it's like a stock. They're watching it and they're like, ooh, this isn't quite, you know, it's only been 36 hours. So I'm going to start tweaking now. No, stop tweaking after six hours. Yeah, it definitely takes some time to settle in. And I always tell people too, you're going to get the worst results at the beginning of the campaign. So just buckle up. (laughs) (laughs) You're in for a bumpy ride. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Coming up at the end of this episode, what would both of you share to the online course creator who clearly understands the myriad of suggestions that Facebook is making inside of Facebook ad manager, but also would like to know, like if we could peer into a crystal ball for the future, like what changes do you see coming? One, two, what kind of strategic thinking do you just believe will help this person out who's managing ads for themselves? Yeah, Facebook is definitely going with a lot more automated stuff. They're kind of actually making it difficult. They want to make all the decisions. Like you, some of these things are now actually hiding around uh, adjusting your audiences, testing that they're like, you know, they want you to use advantage plus everything, Mm. advantage plus placements, advantage plus this. And they are trying to streamline it so that they're you know, they're delivering the best results. And it's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that it will get better and better. Google's doing the same thing with their Pro Max stuff and everything that they're doing on that end. But I would say just follow the formula around like what, especially what Quajo and Rick teach, you know, around like doing some systematic testing and making sure that you know what's working And also ignoring a lot of the things that Facebook is telling you, because a lot of times people get nervous. They're like, your leads are going to, you're probably going to get no leads or no sales the way you've set it up. And that's not true. That is not true. And you, you know, they, especially if you're new, you think, oh no, but you know, you haven't even run a campaign maybe in the right way before. Maybe you've just done a boosted post or something that isn't set up in the, in the best way. And until you do that, you won't really know what is working for you. And I think, you know, using things like using Facebook to grow your email list and then selling the course is, is just so, so incredibly powerful. And it still remains powerful. You know, I have clients who are having huge launches just using Facebook and Instagram ads. So it's still working. It's not, you know, 
it's not dead or anything like that. It's still going to be working for a long time. You don't have to go all in on TikTok or whatever it is, yeah. you know, it, Facebook is still working. So just uh, ignore a lot of their little helpful hints and just use the system that you guys are teaching to set up the ads in the best way. Andrea, ears just perked up. As you said, people are, clients are still having huge launches. Yeah. Question for you. Are they running ads regularly or just for launches? We're running, most of my clients are running ads all the time. Mm -hmm. And some of them do have like just particular launch phases, but I'm, I really don't encourage that. I really want people to be running ads and building their list with different lead magnets all year long because between launches is a great time to test new lead magnets, test new things, and continue to build that relationship so that when you launch your course, if it's just once or twice a year or maybe a quarter or whatever it is, you're going to have a really warm audience who already knows you. You're not trying to warm them up in two weeks or whatever your launch phase is. Um, you're, you're nurturing them. And so that's the best way, in my opinion. I have a few clients who are essentially launching every month. So it's a little bit different because we're always running ads like, you know, kind of for their next launch or launching different products. They've got different focuses for that. So I have one client who is launching the same product over and over every two weeks. And so, and it's, we're able to scale up and do really good things for, for his business. But yeah, I, I recommend running ads in between launches, just building your list. If I could take this microphone off and drop it, <laughs> that would, I, I I just I want to echo that I think that is the biggest mis so that's when we talk about you know OG ads like it wasn't too long ago that that's what most people did and myself included where you know we would start ads what between nine and eleven days prior to a launch we would test for three to four days then start to ramp up and then scale the the few days right before launch opens. Right. And that used to work. It doesn't anymore because the algorithm and all that, all the changes and so forth. But you all, what Andrea just said is so important. You should be running ads consistently. That doesn't mean a thousand dollars a day or what have you, but use that time, just like Andrea said, to be testing, building your list. That way you're creating uh, an opportunity to build that relationship with people so that when you do launch, sure, you can run launch ads, but you have such a warmer audience at that point, they're more likely to purchase. And the only thing I'll add to that is I would say hire an ads, and this isn't just a shameless plug for both of you, but yet it is, but I would hire an ads manager as quickly as you can. Now, what I've always been saying here on the podcast is learn enough to be dangerous with them you know, I had another conversation with somebody last week where they said, oh yeah, I don't know ads myself. I've gone through probably whatever number of agencies and they would have conversations. I had no idea how to speak to them or check the work. And I was just losing out on thousands of dollars because they weren't doing what they're supposed to. Learn ads so that you do know the basics that you could have an educated conversation with the ads manager and then go hire an ads manager. Because as a CEO <laughs> of your business, you should not be spending your time doing ads yourself. Get somebody to do them for you who specializes in ads. Yeah, that's that is so perfect. Yes, absolutely. And you know, you can eventually then scale up, train someone on your team or whatever that might be. But if if it's you, it's you're probably not the right person. Exactly. <laughs> I love that you you're saying both of you what you're saying because I'm just thinking of one client. I do these funnel fixing calls. They're strategy calls. You know, we look at funnels, we look at ads, and this one client of mine. She has a 68 pound cost per lead, but then her earnings per lead is 114 pounds. And she does this, but does not run ads between launches for a myriad of reasons, which we won't go into here, lest we call her out. I really like her though. And I'm really trying to get her to run ads between launches so she can have some warm leads because her launches work but it's just so stressful. Mm -hmm. And we were running the numbers and looking yeah. at the options. Okay, how do we increase revenue here? Well, we could increase course prices. Two, we could spend more ad money, but with the current equation, it was like she's gonna have to spend $20,000 going into a launch, only to not be you know 100% sure, because we can never say, oh, it worked last time, it absolutely will be this way. But if she could recoup all that and just the anxiety, you know? And so hopefully she's listening to this, and if she's not, 
I'll send her a clip right before our next strategy call <laughs> of this session. But it has been really cool hearing from both of you. Andrea, where can people connect with you? I feel like somebody who's not seeing this video can't see that Facebook Marketing for Dummies book sitting right there on yeah. your shelf. Like, <laughs> do you understand? Does the listener understand just how good of a podcast guest we have right here, Rick? No, I was OG. Oh, gee, like, <laughs> synonymous, literally. When I, when I started out in ads, Andrea was one of the, you know, the uh, the people who were synonymous with with ads. And I learned from her. I started in 2010 just learning ads. And so Andrea was already into it at that point. So, yeah. yeah, where can people connect with you, Andrea? Yeah, so people can connect with me at my main hub, which is andreaval.com or andreaval.com, actually. <laughs> uh, and that is com, And that has everything. I've got a free guide there on 50 Facebook ads that work. I forget exactly what the title is. It's something it's it's examples and I I just recently updated it. Examples of ads that have worked either with my experience or I know that are working and all different industries. And then the other thing I have there is a link to my podcast which is latestartersclub.com and you can also see some of my stand up comedy on that page too. So it's kind of a hub of everything. Probably terrible for SEO but um <laughs> And what kind of clients are you working with, Andrea? So I do, I work with a real variety, which is fun. And uh, I keep thinking I should specialize every once in a while, but I do mostly do course creator type people who are launching products, launching things. But I also do some local businesses, some things like realtors and other types of online businesses, realtors, lawyers, mortgage brokers, although that's been a tough industry lately. And what else? Yeah, mostly course creators in general. So yeah, it's fun. I love it. And I'm glad that I'm back in love with it after that bumpy ride in 2021 or whatever, 2020, whatever it was. So awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you guys. This was super fun. Super fun to catch up and yeah, everything. All right. Hope you enjoyed that one with Andrea. Always a fun conversation. I think that she was if I'm not mistaken, I had her on the podcast back when it was the Art of Pay Traffic years and years and years ago, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a lot of fun to have her back, you know, in episode, what are we at, 725 or something like that. She's awesome and super, super OG, super smart when it comes, as you heard today, when it comes to Facebook ads. So thank you for listening today. Appreciate you. Until next time, my friend, be well, and we'll chat with you soon. Do you want to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators ad money? I see these over and over and over again, and I put them together in a mini email series. This is not fluff. Each of the seven mistakes, I also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of Facebook ad manager how to fix those mistakes. This is good, solid, and it will save you money or help you make more money with your Facebook ads click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link and you can go download it right now for free.